The 2022 NFL Draft is right around the corner, and this week we are dedicating to a draft breakdown of all of the positions of need for the Chargers. Today, starting with offensive guards and offensive tackles, talking about early to mid-round picks that can hopefully come in and protect the prodigal son, Justin Herbert. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons now, and this is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thank you for making us your first listen today, as always, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, it is draft time and it is time to go because now we have a little over a week before the draft and there's a lot of things we still have to talk about. And I think when I think of the draft, I think of trying to protect Justin Herbert, right? Because that is what this team should be always trying to do. Help Justin Herbert, you know, and what can you do better than that than to fix the offensive line with a couple of glaring holes, right? And there's a couple of things they definitely need. So today we're going to be talking about The first round options for the Chargers. We are out on Trevor Penning, in on Zion Johnson, and obviously if Charles Cross is there, we would love to see that, but it's more of a dream scenario. We will also get into some middle round picks, you know, rounds three to five where the Chargers could attack some tackles if they don't decide to do that early and kind of what those expectations would be for those tackles. And then also get into some guards, which from what I've watched, David, so far, there might be a chance you could get a guard later on in the draft that could at least compete early on, right? Maybe earlier than you would think for where they're going to be drafted. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, David, this is the start of our draft break. Now, it's going to be a week, long weekend of watching a ton of tape. And, I mean, get it where you can. It's obviously super hard to come by. But with offensive linemen, We've been able to watch a lot of games for a lot of players at this point and have a much more well-rounded knowledge of what we like and where we like them at this point, including the first round, which starts with Trevor Penning to me, just because that is the guy that's most commonly mocked to the Chargers at 17, which in hypothetical situations seems like, okay, yeah, if you're trying to get a right tackle, that guy's there. It seems like a consensus that he should go around that area. You would jump all over it, and he might not even make it to the Chargers, but there's just something about that, David, where... I just don't seem to see it, right? Yeah. No, I totally understand it, Daniel. I mean, when I watch him, I mean, I see some very dominant run-blocking traits. Like, and sure. you ha- he has that nastiness that you want in your offensive lineman, regardless of the position that he is playing. But for me, Daniel, the reason why I personally am out on him is that he really struggles with the inside move and struggles with the speed rushers, and that was prevalent in every single game that I watched of him and also, you know, his contributions at the senior bowl as well, that just echoed those same sentiments and just solidified my opinion on why I am not comfortable. And I do not want to see the chargers draft him at 17. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird because like there is a huge rift. It seems like between where teams see him and where we see him, and like the thing about the temperament is you want that temperament. You want the nasty yeah. dude who's going to throw people on the ground. But then you also have instances like at the senior bowl where he's throwing a 
an edge rusher into the quarterback's legs, right? And then you imagine that being Justin Herbert, and then you want to punch your screen, right? But yes, <laughs> I think when you're talking about like the senior bowl, he did struggle when he went up against better competition, right? He was going up against FCS competition, mm-hmm. and you could still see some struggling signs or, you know, some signs that would cause you to worry with the 17th overall pick because you're potentially getting someone. I know it's a huge position of need. It's just going to be hard for me to justify he's the best player available at that spot. And easier for me to argue that Zion Johnson is just because I think yeah. I, I saw, I can't remember who I should give credit to for this, but I saw someone saying like, Hey, don't overthink like Zion Johnson. Not only is like the best interior offensive lineman in this draft, but like he could be a bona fide top 10 pick. If you are just talking about a guy who can come in and probably be a pro bowl level player at guard for you. And there's just not a lot of weaknesses to his game in an ideal world. You trade back from 17 to go get an interior offensive lineman in the first round. But I think David, if you're talking about offensive linemen, I could get behind in the first round. It starts with Zion Johnson for me. Well, yeah. And it's obvious for me as to why, I mean, there's just not a lot of flaws in his game. I mean, he's a phenomenal pass protector. He's a great run blocker. He's a great technician. He has that nasty temperament that you like, and he shows that um, all over his tape. And I understand wanting to, to, you know, be able to step back and still be able to pick him up, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be available if you decide to do that. And also I like the idea of not overthinking it because you're always trying to find guys that can be on your offensive line and be there for a long, long time. And they all the NFL teams constantly try to find that player to be able to do that. Zion Johnson can do that. He can lock down a guard position for the next decade and be an above average offensive lineman. The Chargers need that. They have a deficiency there. Don't overthink it. Take a quality player when you see it. Yeah, I think so too. And I just think that, I mean, if you weren't going based on just positional value, it'd be a lot, it seem a lot simpler to go with him at 17 if he's there. And he yeah. seems like he realistically will be there. It's just when you're talking about Trevor Penning versus Zion Johnson, Trevor Penning plays the more important position and position that gets paid more. But at the same time, I'm way more sure that Zion Johnson is going to be a good NFL player, a Pro Bowl level NFL player. And he just, I think, would solidify things up front for Justin Herbert, even if it's not the sexy pick. But I think there is one sexy pick at tackle, and probably the only tackle we'd be willing to go with in the first round, David, is Charles Cross. Trading up, that's, I think, a different discussion. And I mean, there's certain packages I could definitely get behind more than likely. But I think that's the only one you'd feel really comfortable saying, yes, I sign off on that first round tackle. Oh, yes, absolutely, Daniel. I mean, this is a Derwin James situation. If he's there at 17, you run up to the podium and you take him and you absolutely celebrate. You pop the champagne because you're going to have two bookend tackles that are absolutely phenomenal, that are young, that can grow together and be together for hopefully the entirety of their NFL careers. And that's just so rare that you're going to have two players that are excellent at their position at the same age that they could yeah. sit there and grow together. I mean, we talk about chemistry on the offensive line so frequently. I mean, it's rare that you're going to be able to get a, not only a young offensive line, but an extremely talented offensive line along with that. So man, that would be such an incredible feeling to be able to look at left tackle and see Rashawn Slater and look at right tackle and see Charles cross. And man, you got to feel good about the protection that you're getting and you're giving to Justin Herbert. And it's a pipe dream. And so is Rashawn Slater. And we'll see, you know, how things play out. But I could see this being a, you know, going tackle early, especially 
with a, a weak quarterback class, depending on how that shakes out and who's really willing to go up before the 17th pick to take quarterback. A lot of talented edge rushers, a lot of talented players, not a lot of different positions. But I think it just seems to me that the safest bets, you know, really, I think hitting the jackpot is those two offensive linemen because I'm much more sure that Zion Johnson and Charles Cross are going to be good at the NFL level. But the only place I do bet with is betonline.net because they are the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast. Had some great bets going this weekend with UFC golf tournaments every weekend as well. And now you have baseball in full swing my Padres back in action. I'm not going to apologize to the Dodger fans. I get it, though. But I love everything about Bet Online because they make betting so much funner. I think, especially with different websites I've used, Bet Online is my favorite because they have so many great tournaments, boosts, and always have crazy things going on where I feel like I have to jump in on that action. And now you also have things like the NBA playoffs going on, which have just been already nuts. And you can even go to your favorite Vegas casino games because Bet Online is the website to go to to get all of your sporting wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, David. Well, all of the you know moments spent in a dark corner of your room watching film and your wife judges you with saying, like, how could you spend so much time doing something that seems so dumb just for a week of content? Well, that's what this week is going to be because we're going to be watching so much film and already have watched a ton of film on a lot of guys. And I think with this, David, we had a very specific focus we're not going to be trying this week to find guys in the seventh round that are going to be kind of diamonds in the rough right i think we want to focus on the guys who the chargers could pick and who could be impact players for them earlier on than with expectations that would come with being a sixth or seventh round pick so for a lot of yeah. these guys it's going to be guys that are probably available to the chargers at least have a chance to the chargers at 79 and could be available you know in the fourth and fifth round as well where we've seen some successful players for other teams a lot in the third round, but <laughs> for the Chargers too, with you know some fifth round picks that have worked out, fourth round picks, because you're white, you know Drew Tranquil guys like that. But that's kind of where this focus is going to be. So David, we're going to start with the offensive tackle part of this because I think when the Chargers and their fans think about the needs that they have, right tackle was the biggest one among them. Right when you're just talking about not knowing the Matt Filer situation and all that. So this is a situation, David, where obviously the expectations have to be lower because these are guys that are not going in the first round, and you have to absolutely you know, temper your expectations about when they're going to be able to start and how soon they could provide an upgrade to you at that position. So I know you watched a couple of other guys who were going third to fifth round around that area. Who do you want to start with? Yeah, no, I think uh, it's definitely a, a very important thing to think about as far as the distinction distinction and what you're going to get from these players in this in this range here. So I'm going to start here with Nicholas Petit Ferrer out of Ohio, the um, you know, definitely a huge, Ohio State, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ohio State, excuse me. Yes, the Ohio State. So I can make not sure Miami of Ohio, and, and, you know, now, and, like and that, provide, not the Ohio Bobcats. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, six foot five, 315 pounds here. This is a guy that is projected to go in the third to fourth round. The first thing that sticks out is he's extremely athletic, he's very explosive out of his stance. He does a great job of anchoring, especially against a bull rush. He, he has a very strong, sturdy frame. He showed some good versatility playing both tackle spots against Michigan, and he held up against David Ajabo and Aiden Hutchinson. And, and I mean, that is definitely something I think when you're trying to look at these guys, you want to put them against the best competition sure. and see how they do. And he held himself in very high regard. I think some bad moments well. and some good moments that you could definitely get excited about, right? Yeah, I get yeah. What Absolutely. I mean, I, he played both positions in the same game. He played left tackle and yeah. moved over to right tackle, and he played them uh, adequately, uh, both adequately well. So um, I think there's definitely a lot of things to like about Nicholas Petitfer. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, and played at a, a prestigious college where you got to see him go up against some really good competition. And I think a guy that's kind of gone down on the draft board. Because I remember when he was thought of potentially as a first-round pick, right? And yeah. I think there's some obvious question marks there, David, which is why you're not seeing him as a first-round prospect anymore. Yeah, no, and I think the biggest thing for me is that he struggles with, you know, good hand usage from a you know, very experienced pass rusher. I mean, that's one of the things Aiden Hutchinson did get him once uh, in that game uh, against Michigan or um, at Michigan yeah. because of the hand usage. I mean, he's he's just so active and so violent with his hands and his, you know, over under moves, his counters. That's definitely something that I think Petit Ferrer struggled with a little bit. Um, and his leverage, I think, was another thing I, I pointed out and identified, especially around the goal line. His his leverage was very inconsistent. I, I mean, I think, and that's something you see in all offensive linemen. Obviously, you know, the lower you can get, you know, you can use your power, your base, which is obviously your legs, um, to be able to, you know, produce that kind of power that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, that's kind of inconsistent. But, I mean, for a third to fourth round guy, I think this is a guy that can really come in um, and be an impact kind of player for the Chargers, um, which, I mean, that's pretty interesting. In time, too, right? I mean, yeah. that that's the thing is what's the timetable on it, you know, because that's right. probably not a guy who you're just expecting to walk on and start right away. If they draft no. Charles Cross, like he's going to be the favorite to win that right tackle job, but has some traits that you can obviously get excited about down the road, potentially turning in to a position that's not as much of a problem for you as what the Chargers should be absolutely trying to do. I went with Abraham Lucas, a very popular pick for the Chargers from Washington State. He could go a lot earlier, but he was Dane Brugler's 79th-ranked prospect, which is great because the Chargers have the 79th overall pick. And I liked him a lot. I I really did. I mean, especially for a third-round pick in this scenario. Maybe, you know, he's not there, but good job anchoring, stays balanced, overall good pass protector. And probably some room to run, or room to grow at least with, athletically speaking, 9.75 RAS score. That's something that you don't come across very much, and a guy who definitely tested very well, even though that always doesn't come out on tape, that level of athleticism. But I did think he was a smooth athlete. Not super surprised, but definitely surprised that it's that high up there. On the negative side, only 27% of his college snaps were run blocking. Did play in a very pass-happy offense where he saw a lot of quick pass sets where you can't fully get the gauge of what they're doing in true pass sets. A lot of quick passes in the offense and just a little, a lot of things that he needs to get a little bit better. I'm, you know, he's athletic enough to get to the spots he needs to, but sometimes he'll overset against speed rushers and do things like that and then needs to kind of focus on hitting his targets when he is on the move. Because when he is there, I mean, he does a good job if he can get in front, square people up. He's plenty athletic enough to do that. Definitely a developmental prospect where you're talking about like a guy like this in the third round as opposed to Trevor Penning in the set, in the first round at 17 overall. I mean, I, I like that value a lot better, and I could definitely see this guy. He might not be ever turned into the best right tackle in the league, but could he turn into a serviceable starter? I think absolutely, which I think is something you'd be excited about in the third round. But, David, who are you going to next for your right tackle prospects? Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to obviously go a little bit later on in the draft here, um, probably projection fourth or fifth round, um, and I'm going to Kellen Deesh out of Arizona State University. First thing sticks out, he's, this guy's a giant. He's six foot seven. I mean, he's got that 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 size that you love. A little a little light on the weight. He's three oh three. I mean, I think you know there's definitely some room to add some some weight to his frame uh, to where it's not going to really affect his athleticism. He does a great job of latching on and moving people against their will, and I think that's one thing that stuck out to me, and I absolutely love that. If he latches on and he's got his hands on, on your pads, 
you're going to go wherever he wants you to go. And, and that's really going to be the end of it. He deals with speed actually fairly well. I think I saw that consistently on, on his tape, which I, I really, really appreciated. Um, and he doesn't get confused with the stunts or the twists. It seemed like he's an intelligent player. He knew how to combat that. He stayed calm under pressure, um, which obviously on an offensive lineman, that's exactly what you're looking for. A lot of good positive traits um, for Kellen Deesh. Yeah, and and that's what you're looking for, especially in the fourth and fifth round. I think another thing he has going for him, never missed a game, right? Durability, especially at right tackle, is something that you always want to bring up with the Chargers-specific history, right? And I think the only other thing is there are a couple of drawbacks as far as him staying at tackle, even with athleticism, with his short arms. I think there's that and, you know, a couple other things that would make him obviously be a fourth or a fifth round pick. Yeah, and then I mean the, the the biggest reason is that he has issues with penalties. Unfortunately, a lot of holding penalties on his tape, 10 in the last two seasons alone. So that's definitely something that's concerning. Um, I do think that's something that can be coached up, right? I think you can improve. Uh, you can get better at not holding. I mean, hey, look at Rashawn mm-hmm. Slater. I mean, he's fantastic, fantastic at knowing when to let go and, and let his guy, um, you know, release him, you know. Um, he also needs to stay on his feet more. I, I think he got uh, knocked down or he, he you know, fell over way too much. Ended up on the ground too much. Yeah, ended up uh, on the ground too much. That, 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 yeah, the balance needs to improve. Also, he was very inconsistent when he was climbing to the second level and he was trying to look to to pick off. You know, Because he's so big, he's not really the most agile uh, of, of a tackle. Um, so he definitely struggled when asked to do those things. But when you're looking at a fourth to fifth round prospect, I think the traits – that you see at least for a guy that could step in at some point, I think they're definitely there. Yeah, and I think the the whole point of this is like, hey, these guys aren't going to come in and fix your right tackle position for you, no. but the one thing you can say for sure right now is you don't have enough talent at that position. So any way you can potentially add talent to that room, not that I'm advocating that the Chargers have even should have even waited this long to fill that position, right, in free agency or some way, but like, you still need to add it even if it doesn't end up coming with the 17th overall pick, and that's why I end up really, really liking Max Mitchell from Louisiana Lafayette, an offensive lineman that has gotten a little bit of buzz as a guy that's, you know, middle rounds kind of a thing and just seems to have brought a lot more attention to himself recently with what he's been able to do in the offseason circuit, right? And that's such a big part of how these guys end up getting thought of. Dane Bruker has him as like a fourth or fifth round pick. I ended up really, really liking him. I think there are some troubling things like he put up like a terrible uh three cone drills you know score at the when he was testing he had a very average athletic testing he does whiff sometimes because he does go for kill shots and things like that and that's something that can be coached right and like as long as it's not turning into penalties because you were talking about 10 penalties in two years i think trevor penning is like 30 something penalties for his career and like jesus yeah so but he, I liked what I what I did like about him though is when he did play against better competition. If you look at the game he had against Texas, he played really well. He played up to it. He's mean. He packs a punch. He could use a little bit more weight, but I don't think like the strength is an issue. Also, didn't miss a game and does a lot of things in the running game that I like. Got to see that more than Abraham Lucas, who was never you know actually run blocking. He was efficient when he does. But as far as a fourth or fifth round pick, I don't know if there's going to be a guy I like more than Max Mitchell. He's not going to fix the problem. I'd love to see what that guy could do, though, because I do think he could be at the very least some quality depth if he's coached up right and if he ends up landing in the right spot. But there are some positions that you feel like you could actually get guys who could impact the game this year for the Chargers. And I think interior offensive line is one of those positions. And like we talked about before, David, like 
two is probably the minimum of offensive linemen the Chargers need to come away from this draft. But, and there are guys in the middle round that I think could compete for a starting job this season, right? Without unsure the Chargers guard situation is. They could be helping potentially right now. But I know what could help me right now get back on track is a built bar because I love built bars and they are my favorite protein bar. I love the flavors. And right now, there's some special flavors for you guys to choose from. You can go get some raspberry cheesecake. You can go peanut butter. Or you can go with some of the favorites I already have, like peanut butter brownie or even cookies and cream. Even for the other flavors I don't, you know, wouldn't normally like, Built Bar always has a great flavor for it. And I end up tasting it, and I like it more than I should have. But the nice thing is so many different options to go with, right? I've tried pretty much, I think I've probably tried every Built Bar at this point. And it's nice to have a variety, especially when you're dieting and things like that. Have something that's going to break up the monotony. Have something that tastes like a candy bar that has the benefits of a protein bar, right? 17 grams of protein in most bars, less than 130 calories, while having less than four grams of sugar and four grams of carbs. If you're looking for something that tastes a lot better than the protein bars you're getting, try out a Built Bar. You can even get the Built Bar Puffs with flavors like churro, banana cream pie. You can even get chirps, even it's Easter season right now. You can still go get those chirp flavor Built Bars if you're into that kind of thing. But you can save some money, and everybody's into that. If you go to Built.com, you can save 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, for 15% off of BuiltBar.com. All right, David. Well, we did get into the tackles. Now it's time to get into the, the real ugly interior guys, right? The real girthy boys on the inside. I got fired up watching guards. I don't know what it is. I mean, tackles too, the right guys. I mean, if you're watching the guys that have the right kind of temperament, but like there's just something about a, a nasty guard and just the way guards have to play in a phone booth that just is so exciting to watch for me. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm a big guy too, but I had a lot of fun looking at some of these guard prospects. And David, I think in guys like this, in this case, talking about guys in the middle rounds of this draft, there are still guys that can help. And I saw guys that look like they can go into the NFL and start earlier rather than later, potentially, right? And you're just going all based on potential. So when we're moving inside here, David, we're not really talking about centers today, but I do think there's guards and they could potentially take a guard like Zion Johnson early, but they might have one guard on the roster if Matt Filer moves to right tackle. So who do you want to start with there? Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're looking at a college that is close to where the Chargers play their games, uh, and uh, that is why it brought me to Sean Ryan from UCLA. He is six foot four, three hundred and twenty one pounds. He actually played left tackle at UCLA, um, but I think he projects much better as a guard. I think he does a great job of anchoring. This guy's very very strong. I mean, if he sits, you know, he sits down against that bull rush. It's done. It's getting shut down. But also, he's not a bad pass protector either. I, I think uh, in the game against Oregon where he was having to go up against Kayvon Thibodeau, um, he did fantastically. I mean, and that, that guy is one of the best pass rushers in the draft. He's going to go in the top five more than likely. I mean, he is an impact player. So to see you know a, a guy be able to at least hold his own against one of the top pass rushers in the draft, that is very you impressive. You love to see it. Yeah. You love to see it. I mean, you know, he's when he's run blocking, especially straight forward, um, he's going to move the guy in front of him for sure. Um, and also, hey, you know me, availability is one of the best abilities. I'm going to say it every single chance I get. He started all 31 games mm-hmm. the last three seasons, so a very durable player. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot to like about him. And I think the one thing is when you have guys who weren't playing guard in college, you wonder – you look at a guy like Brendan Hymas, right? And, yeah. and that's the thing. There's some guys that definitely fit a lot better on the inside. 
but then you don't know how they're going to necessarily translate. You know, it's all right. different. But he does seem like a guy that could do that while also knowing, hey, you know, he doesn't have experience there. So it could take a second. Yeah, I think it could possibly take a second. But I think when you look at the way he's built and the way he moves, I think he is really fit very, very well for guard. Although there are obviously some things that he needs to work on. Sometimes he's a little bit slow getting out of his stance, which, I mean, at guard, I think that mitigates that a little bit. I mean, you're going to have less room to have to operate in. He's not particularly graceful when he's moving out um, (laughs) or accurate when he's trying to pick off defenders at the second level. Those are things that he should have to work on, especially if you're going to pull with him. I think that's something that's going to have to come later on in that uh, transition. Um, Although he played decently at tackle, like I said, um, I think he is definitely a guard. He projects much better at guard at the next level. Although I think he can play tackle in a pinch if you're in a situation where you need somebody to go out there and provide some quality play. I think he can do that. So the versatility is there. Some things to work on as far as the athleticism is concerned, but uh, I think this is a a guy transitioning to guard um, could be a very, very high quality player. Um, if you're able to get him um, in this area in the third or fourth round. Yeah, he's Dane Brugler's 90th overall prospect in this draft. Do you have a pick at 79? Maybe he's a guy that slips, but we do know the Chargers have an affinity for taking UCLA and USC players. So that yes. is something he definitely <laughs> has going for him, like Notre Dame. You know what I mean? No, I don't think any Notre Dame players on today's show. But one of the guys I went with was Luke Gadecki from Central Michigan who played tackle there, but is another guy who'd be transitioning to guard. And I think the thing that you're looking at when you're talking about a guy making that transition is what he struggled with most was speed. Yeah. One of the biggest knocks against him is his arm length. And the other thing is just general quickness. He had some struggles with as well. But when you looked at him playing at Central Michigan, he's playing across from a guy in Bernard Raymond who's going to be taken before the Chargers will have another pick after the 17th pick, and he's not worth being taken there. But overall, really solid play strength. I definitely think that's one of his calling cards when you're talking about making that transition. you got to be able to move bigger dudes at the next level. He's pretty good on reach blocks, good at pulling, good run blocker, just moved people out of the way. And I thought he was pretty consistent in pass protection. He was a former tight end, just like Bernard Raymond was, actually has four starts at tight end and 24 starts at right tackle. Another guy in a pinch, maybe you can put him out there. But the biggest thing here, David, I really like this guy as a prospect. Injury history, missed three games last season, missed all of 2020 with a a season-ending injury. And that's just one of those things where it's hard to get behind a pick, even though you see it and you're like, that guy could probably help the Chargers early on. Also missed all of the combine and testing and things like that because of a hamstring injury that he suffered at the Senior Bowl. So prospect I like might just be a red flag that makes it too much of an issue with the Chargers. But who would you go with next on the interior? Yeah, I mean, uh, switching thing over, uh, switching things over to LSU guys. And here I'm looking at Chasen Hines, uh, the guard at LSU, six foot two, three hundred and twenty seven pounds. So he's definitely got that girth that Daniel likes there. <laughs> I do, um, yeah. You know, I good do. size and good length. He's got um, really long arms. Um, you know, he's actually pretty decent at handling um, the bull rushes. I mean, that's definitely something. Uh, you know, he never had any problems. But this guy shines as a run blocker, man. Like, this is exactly um, what his calling card is, especially when he is pulling. I mean, get out of the way. If he is pulling uh, across the formation, he is coming through like a locomotive, like a freight train, and he is going to cause a collision. It is a car crash every single time this guy pulls on tape. It is nasty. 
but you absolutely love it. And also, he's accurate. When he is going to pull or when he is asked to climb to the second level, he latches on and he moves people out of the way. But he definitely has some concerns as a pass protector. <laughs> is, that, is that you being nice, David? Yes, that is definitely me being nice. Uh, but, I mean, hey, <laughs> when you're talking about a run blocker, this guy is ready to be an NFL run blocker right now. Right. So it's just one of those things, you know, and scheme is so important. Like if the Chargers were the Ravens, you know, maybe this is a more attractive pick and you could cover up more of the flaws in pass protection. The guy who actually played on that same offensive lineman with him was actually a better option and would be for the Chargers, but does have a serious red flag. So that's Ed Ingram. And that is a guy that I was very surprised, especially with Dane Brugler saying, you know, his projected fourth or fifth round pick. I've seen other people say he's as high as a second round pick. And that's just because the dude is super solid. And, and I get why he would be that high of a pick as a player because super steady when he pulls, he has anger in his heart. Like you're kind of talking about that must just be like an LSU thing. Very hard to move off the line of scrimmage. There was a lot of times when I was watching and like other guys like are forming the pocket around the quarterback. And then there's that Ingram just standing there with his dude, just totally stonewalled still at the line of scrimmage. You obviously love to see that lineman of the week at the senior bowl did a lot of good things in the off season circuit. He is inconsistent at sustaining blocks. There are times, though, like when he's just holding a dude out and like just like looking to see if there's anything else he can do where he's like, okay, you know, that's nice. But the hand placement overall, just being able to sustain blocks throughout the play was something that came up. And he did get beat inside by some quicker interior defenders. But it is a guy on the field that could come in and contend for a starting spot on the Chargers offensive line. And like he's so solid that I don't doubt that he will be a starter in the NFL sooner rather than later, but does come with the one very big red flag of did get suspended for a full season for very serious charges. That I think might take him off the Chargers board. A good player, but Tom Telesco seems to have a zero tolerance policy. The Chargers were all dismissed for what it's worth, but something the Chargers would absolutely have to check in on before drafting someone like this with those kind of red flags and getting all the information there. But I do think with the interior offensive lineman, it hasn't happened with the Chargers because you've ended up guy, guy, with guys like Dan Feeney, right? And even Forrest Lamp, guys who just ended up getting hurt. And that's why a guy like Luke Decky is scared, right? Because it's like, I've seen the super talented offensive lineman that can't stay on the field. And Forrest Lamp was a different tier of prospect when he was coming out, thought of as potentially the best offensive lineman, period, in that draft. But the Chargers haven't had a lot of success in the middle rounds or just taking offensive linemen in general. If they can hit on a mid-round interior offensive lineman, David, I think that's going to be something that really, really helps them this season, and I think it's something that's doable. Well, I th definitely think it's doable. I think there's plenty of quality players there. It's so important. Yeah. The Chargers need to change that narrative. They need yeah. to change that whole process. And it's kind of starting, right? I mean, yeah. we don't know about Hymas yet, but at least you've the la the first one is the last one you saw, really yeah. the last important pick you saw them spend on an offensive lineman. It's worked out. Yeah, well, and I mean, we've seen, you know, outside of the draft, we've just seen the concentration on helping fix the offensive line, just providing better quality players there at center, at, at guard, at tackle. I mean, you have some real dudes now, which, you know, you really haven't had in the past, at right. least not as many. So I think hopefully that changed the philosophy there. A better place there. to come into, right? Yeah, yes. because that, now you're going to be nestled potentially between like Rashawn Slater and Corey Lindsay, right? You're going to be exactly. next to Corey Lindsay, even if you're on the right side. I think that's a great point you make there. It's just when everything is suspect, right? Like when you don't know what you have on either side of you, when the whole thing is shaky, 
it's hard to stand out in a good way. And I think it can definitely have negative adverse effects. And I think what you're saying there is like, hey, it's a better spot to land than it used to be. And they're going to have a new offensive line yeah. coach and we're going to see how it goes. But there are some guys that can help. And I think that's encouraging because it doesn't, if they don't end up going someone like Zion Johnson, there's still a chance they can upgrade the interior later on in the draft. And we're going to be getting into stuff like that all week. And on tomorrow's show, we're sticking with the trenches. We're going interior defensive line and edge rushers. We'll talk about some first round picks that could potentially land with the Chargers and also some mid round picks that could come in and fill key positions in that interior defensive line. As that edge rusher three, potentially, David, which we know this team still has a huge hole there. And we're going to be just doing stuff like that all week. We'll have a wide receiver show because we know everyone loves talking wide receivers to talk about running backs and so much more this week. So to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from. And if you guys need another draft fix, make sure you check out the Lockdown NFL Draft Show because they are ramping up with some crazy shows as we get really close to this April 28th NFL Draft. It already came up so quickly but if you guys have any questions or have any prospects at some of those other positions we haven't covered you want us to get into specifically hit me up on twitter at dan talk sports and hit david up on twitter at drove talk sd you can also hit up the show's twitter at locked on lac and you can ask any question to any of those places all the time including in the youtube comments or on instagram at locked on chargers or on our locked on chargers facebook page if you want to get your thoughts out on the show you can call into the locked on chargers voicemail line as well at 323-524-7924 but it's draft time, David. It's time to get excited. And tomorrow we'll be getting excited about edge rushers and interior defensive linemen. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.